It's to you, Mrs. Robinson. No, Rafe Blanford's singing is not what I came prepared for this evening. Oh, I feel so proud of myself. Hello and welcome to 361, a podcast about mobile technology and the world around it. My name's Rafe Blanford. I'm Ewan McLeod. And I'm Ben Smith. This is Season 17, Episode 2, and this week we're talking about Ewan's robot lawnmower, the iPhone 11, and the bags we carry. Welcome back, chaps. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, Ben. Yes. Uh, Rafe Blanford, live Rocking. from London. You yes, come... live from London, live from where this week? From, from well, you, you're, you're in your executive bachelor pad, I can see on the Skype here. Well, I was just wonder, wondering wherever Ewan is, it's dark, so I'm not sure where it is. Well, Ewan's got the curtains closed, so it could be any, literally anywhere. Hello, Ewan McLeod. Uh, hello, hello from Oslo. Hello, Oslo. come in Oslo. What's, the, what's it like in Oslo? Well, it is, of course, dark at the moment, but it's, uh, it's very nice, lovely weather today. But I mean, it's, it, it's as I understand it, it's 10 p.m. in Oslo, is it? Yes. There we go. See, time zone guessing. Excellent. So well mo- most places in the Northern Hemisphere now, fairly dark at 10 o'clock in the evening, but good. Always nice to chat to you. What more has you in Oslo? More importantly, are you there to do Viking longships or be innovative? Uh, both, actually. It's the Oslo Innovation Week taking place Excellent. this week. Yes. And there may be some Viking boats in there as well. I, I, I can see that Rafe, Rafe was paying a, 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 a tad more attention to what you were saying in the pre-chat than I was. <laughs> no idea either where you were or why you were there, or, or indeed substantial interest in finding out. Okay. <laughs> uh, welcome back. Uh, episode two of yes. the new format. If you haven't, um, if you haven't uh, listened to last week's episode, we explained that we're back with a new, slightly shorter form, uh, remotely recorded uh, format uh, to help us make a thing rather than spend many, many months trying to meet face-to-face to do That's a right. thing. So, uh, so far, two for two. Very good. Yeah. Uh, you and McLeod, um, every week we're going to tr- cover three topics, about ten minutes mm. each. Topic number one, I please would very much like to hear about your exercise in automating your garden. And uh, is this in 60 seconds or less? Uh, no, no, you, no. Oh, you know, in, in a well, reasonable amount of time. I was, I was you have the benefit the, of seeing my face, don't you? So you just wait until I get bored, basically. Oh, okay, right, until your head hits the, uh, the desk. Exactly. Okay, right. Um, I, a while ago, we needed to uh, cut the grass. And I didn't really want to do that myself if I could avoid it, just because I thought it was a, uh, it's a lot of work. And um, Beneath uh, you is the phrase you're searching for. No, no, it's just a lot of work. So I... I had a look around and I decided it was time to buy a robo lawnmower, an automatic mm-hmm. lawnmower. And I uh, I just did some googling and in um, in Denmark the I, I just I decided the best brand for me was the Bosch, the Bosch one. Um, and I promptly went out and got it. Uh, I think it was about seven thousand Danish, so maybe eight hundred pounds. Right, and um, to get the chap to come and do the grass, to come and cut the grass in Copenhagen is exceptionally expensive. Just, just things are expensive in Copenhagen. So, you and I had a sandwich and a coke somewhere in central Copenhagen for our lunch when I last came to visit you, and I think that mm. cost me about four months' mortgage payments. 
<laughs> but it was, it, I think it was worth it, though. It was worth. I mean, it. the pleasure of your company always. Right, but, you, you know, yeah. like that was free. It was the <laughs> sandwich that killed it. So it's it's eye-wateringly complicated when you're uh, uh, trying to get someone to help you with the garden, for example. So um, I I'm doing a lot of travelling, and yeah, the opportunity to actually cut the grass is difficult. So I rationalised that I can get this lawnmower, and. I, I, as I as I looked into it, is it is actually somewhat complicated. I was hoping that you it was a little bit like those um, robo vacuum cleaner thingies. What are they called? The Roombas. Roombas. I thought it was. Yeah, I think don't you just kind of, can't you just plonk it in the garden? You know, tell it what size of grass stem you want, and just say Mate, go. You, you, you can't you can't put a ro- you can't put a robot vacuum cleaner in the garden. You know why? Oh god! Okay. Yeah. Nature abhors a vacuum. Uh. Ah, oh, thanks, Pat. Yeah, on, sorry, I thought you we were going to have something sensible to say about you know sensors or something. Not, not a sausage, no. So right, you okay, and so I, I'm guessing that you had to put some kind of guide wires around to stop it falling off a cliff or running into your neighbour's garden or indeed running off down the drive and visiting central Copenhagen. This is the uh, this is the arse, and I, I I thought, well, this 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 should be quite easy, um, and it looks really effortless in the. 10 square meter garden on the video you know when, when you're when you're looking to buy the thing and then it is quite annoying I had, you have to get this wire you have to plug it in so there's a, a voltage going through it um and then you have to take little pegs and go around the whole of the garden uh around any trees or anything like that um and I, I i was slightly so you, with it on the bosch system you have to have a continuous wire that's powered yes all the yes. way around the perimeter yes. of the area that the perim- you want yes. cut Okay, that's right. And then the, the so what then the machine follows that perimeter, but you have to be really careful with the perimeter because you can't. It, depending on how your lawn is laid, as the phrase goes, you can't have big boulders or big curbs or anything because the, the the machine needs room to turn. Um, so you have to you have to effect. You're meant to. I didn't bother, but you're meant to measure fifty centimeters. No, no, twenty five centimeters. Um, uh, in in every direction to make sure that it doesn't it's it's not going to get caved in or, or, or get stuck with any obstacles and unfortunately in my particular garden there's lots of obstacles everywhere uh, so it took me ages and then uh, I should have read the manual properly I did read the manual the second time and then I didn't quite understand it um, so it was back breaking work I have to tell you it took me four or five hours to wire the flipping thing um, lots of effing and blinding um, and then eventually eventually <laughs> I just it's it's um I couldn't quite work out how you align the the you're meant to have it perpendicular to the inverse whatever the thing is or where you place it on the lawn is actually quite important as I discovered when it yeah it frequently just it just wouldn't work so I figured out a fix and I just left it there and it just looks a little bit weird but it works and it is simply amazing right uh, so the end of the story app. is success but yes. For a year, and then it stopped working. Right. As it stopped working, now I don't, I don't quite know what's wrong with it. The um, so do you need front... to charge it or empty it or no, no, that's not, it's all it automatic. No, no, that you, you have. I did have to do the. Um, you have to put the blades. I have to change the blades often, um, every maybe three or four months uh, or or something like that. And then, but it talks to you on the app. It's really good. Uh, it does tell you help. I'm stuck. You know, if it, if it does get stuck, and it only gets stuck if you know the children have put some a car in the way or whatever. I have to keep on making sure the grass is, you know, um, free of obstacles um, whenever the thing is going to um, uh, launch. But it is, it's a work of art, I think, sitting there watching it go back and forth, back and forth. This particular model, the Bosch, it does uh, straight lines, but it, it changes. Oh, it just, it, it's amazing. 
absolutely amazing. And it's so satisfying watching it go bzz, 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 up and down the garden, cutting. And it so keeps the grass very, very good. And it, it chops mm. them very finely, which is apparently very good for the grass. Um, uh, the app is you don't have to really empty cool. it or anything then. No, none of that. No, because it just it um it does a big cut, you know, the first time you do it, and then then it just does an inc- a really really small cut of the blade of the the grass blade. Um, so it's constantly wherever the whatever it is called rayful, mulching. No, mulching. There you go. That's impressive. Yeah, not um, just a pretty face. No, not indeed. even. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no. The app is connected to the lawnmower. I think via a, a GPS or no, sorry, not GPS, um, three G or two G or something like that. It's really quite fast. It's very effective. So you can you can actually. I have I have sat in San Francisco. I kid you not. I'm pressed mo, <laughs> and it is amazing, right? And then I can use my little cameras um, from Arlo just to watch the thing going back and forth. It's to feel good, you know. Uh, but it's not working after twelve months. Then it's just well, no, it's not working. You're meant to put it away for the winter. Did you do um, that? Meant to is the phrase that pays in that sentence. You said right, and I just yeah, I didn't do that. Um, and then what's happened is does the, it not the, snow where you live? Like loads. Yeah, but it was all right. It's all it's plugged in. It's plugged in. You know, <laughs> Fam- famously electricity and snow. It stays warm, you know. Yeah. And I, of course, I didn't. I, I turned off the automatic stuff too when it was snowing. But now they, they've upgraded the app, so the app. Or the lawnmower, I'm not quite sure, but you know, it, it watches the weather. So if it's going to be raining, it doesn't um, uh, it doesn't launch. It's <laughs> just it been really wet, in, really wet where you live for the last six months. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm feeling that this is not the most successful example of automation. I do feel like we could add a little bit more value to the robo lawnmower thing here, saying that there's several different models and that they range from something like £500 for your basic Flymo robotic lawnmower, the 1200R, right up to something like the RoboMo RS635, which is £2,800. He just it, won't stop doing research, will he? Yeah. No, I'm, no I'm, that's I'm, very impressive. And I think actually the big problem that uh, Ewan talked about was you do have to have this bounding and so once your garden goes past a certain size or if the slope is over 25 degrees it can stop working so it's not quite as mature as the kind of Roombas or the robot vacuum cleaners and I, I think that's an important point about automation and kind of home robotics it's kind of got to be less painful than doing it yourself and I enjoy the fact that you had spent four or five hours on his hands and knees trying to make this work and then is you know accidentally or deliberately forgot to uh, put it away for the winter or whatever um because i've looked at this several times for um the estate well i w- yeah i was going to try to avoid <laughs> saying that word but obviously the area that it can cover um 150 square meters doesn't really cut it when you've got a big area to cover and you can send it back to the docking station have it, it have it start again um but I think this is a good example of where like, the technology is there if you're looking to do something relatively simple, like maybe a typical back or front garden where you can put yeah. the bounding around easily. But as soon as you start going into something that's a bit more of a garden or maybe you, you live in the countryside where things are not sort of a, a easy to mow front and back lawn area or something like that, it starts to fall down. However, we were kind of there with um, robot vacuum cleaners you're going back sort of 10 years with the rumors, and now they're basically... A, not quite foolproof, but they're a lot more reliable. Yeah. 
yeah. in terms of the both the cleaning power, but also just navigating around obstacles and everything else. Because I'm, you know, I've got the the Roomba, I think 600 series, and it's pretty good at avoiding things. And you know, even with sort of mess around, it, it's it's pretty good. But I just haven't really been convinced by you and story that a robot that oh, come uh, on. lawnmower come is on, the way you, to go you, just yet. Let let me let me tell you, I was uh, in a cab earlier, and um, I saw here in Oslo. I think yeah yeah. Um, uh, they have robo lawnmowers for the public park bits. There was, there was just oh, wow. a, 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 the, the, the cab was kind of stopped by a traffic light, and I looked over and went, oh, that's a robo lawnmower. I think it was a fly mower. It was an orange one. And then I noticed a sign next to it saying, please, I think it said, please don't sit down here because the robo lawnmower will automatically, you know, is, is, is going to, but they're using it in a, you know, to, to maintain a um, city park. It's interesting. You or or a stretch of a city park. Uh, there's obviously something about Denmark and robot lawnmowers because when I was visiting the Yellingstones, which is sort of uh, referred to as Denmark's kind of uh, birth charter, and it's sort of um, stones with Christianity and the first kings and all that kind of thing, they had five or six robot uh, lawnmowers running around cutting the grass. So obviously there is something very expensive about having your lawn cut uh, if you're in Denmark. So obviously Denmark is peak place for robot lawnmowers. Who knew? So uh, you, it, it, at the end of this story, uh, you and McLeod, it yeah. doesn't work. So I'm, again, no, I'm struggling. That's just because the label where you press the buttons, so there's a button thing, on, um, the, la- the label has come off. So now I can't, I press the button, but the buttons don't work for some reason. So I need to phone Bosch, and that is annoying. And meanwhile, the grass grows, and we've had to get the guy to come and do the grass, because otherwise... (laughs) So it's quite annoying. Basically, it was really good value, it worked brilliantly, and now there is a human intervention required. Yes, it didn't work. Okay. Good see, I, I, I really fancy one of these because we've we've a reasonable area of grass to cut in our garden, but we're a bit on a bit of a slope. But the idea of running a wire all the way around the edge and having to make sure there's no divots or bumps or anything like that because our lawns are not perfectly flat or straight, I think means we're um, we're not doing that. But I, I'd really like it to, you know, like I, I think that would be amazing. I keep thinking about um, could I uh, put some automated. Um, watering outside because we nice. kill all the plants in pots anything that isn't in the ground get, tend, tends to die and i'd love to put some automated watering out there so i'm going to have a look at that maybe next spring just really simple one of just for one or two pots to see if we can uh, run a run a hose down there well so, I, what i'd, I'd uh, really like to hear any feedback from listeners about what they do with their robo lawnmowers what ones they what brand they bought and why they're they're robo lawnmowers like like just an extensive group what they do ewan well let me let me just get ahead of this what they do is they go out in their garden on saturday afternoon they spend 20 minutes cutting their grass like regular people and no come on i am i i bet you there are listeners that that there's okay i'm gonna here we go here we go there are more than 10 people that will tweet email or something like that right before the end of the series to say i have a robo lawnmower and it rocks okay come on Prove you and McLeod wrong, 361podcast.com or at 361podcast on Twitter. Uh, please, er, every single one of you who don't have a robo lawnmower, please tweet us. To, no, uh, don't to do that. That's not helpful. No. <laughs> okay, let's, mo- let's move on. We've had our 10 minutes. Uh, so, uh, you and McLeod, iPhone 11, obviously. Yeah, jeez. No, it's on back order. I, I just ordered from the wrong place. Idiot. Let me tell you a story then. Let me tell you a story because I, I, I was a bit slow on, on iPhone 11 uh, 
sales day and you gave me jip on whatsapp for about a day oh, i thought i was I so cool i thought i was such I th- a smart guy i can't believe you've you delayed it i can't believe you're choosing the one that's back ordered come yeah, on smith you're supposed you to have something chronic mr smith and i was having a great time you're supposed to have the latest one how can we call ourselves you, you mobile missed it. you in- missed it exactly i'm gonna have one and you're not gonna have one and here's mine Here's mine. Look, I just want to hold it out for the camera. There you go. Oh. So, so Apple, um, uh, Apple were back ordered when um, when when I finally got around to ordering mine. But actually, miraculously, uh, the back order vanished, and I picked mine up on on launch day. But um, let's quickly. I mean, I think there's there's not a lot of new things to be said about the iPhone 11. But let's just quickly have a chat from our own perspective. Uh, Ref Lanford, interested in the iPhone 11? Um, well, if I reveal that I haven't actually ordered one yet, does oh that, my god, what happened? Give you the what happened? I've just been really busy, and there hasn't been an overriding desire officer? to to order one. I mean, my iPhone X works just fine. If I if I was in a meeting, I'd expect him. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I don't need a new website. It works I'm, just fine. I mean, I am quite tempted by the uh, Series Five Apple Watch, um, but I looked at it and thought, yeah, it's a nice upgrade. You know, it's a bit faster, and the camera technology does look quite interesting. So, I think before go away on another trip i would definitely think about that and it's great to see more of the computational photography uh you know the dark mode type stuff come in um, think about the puffins blanford well indeed but the one thing i will say is each year it does feel like the incremental improvement in the iphone has been getting smaller and where they have been stepping up the mark is on some of the the software features that drive certain elements of the hardware but honestly i mean from a hardware point of view if you're happy with what you've got now apart from the you know ben and you and i need to feel that i've got the most recent one which obviously you and failed on spectacularly oh, no, this hold time. on a minute um is, is is there a compelling reason to upgrade i mean ben you've now had one you and you can't really contribute to this since you don't have one um but let me but, just make a sign ben, at, i mean at, at Rave Fear. Is, yeah. is there something that makes you go oh i'm really glad i've got this well, I'm on the, I'm on Apple's upgrade program, so I, I get one by default if I want to. Anyway, uh, on a yearly cycle, um, I've got a prearranged thing to trade in my old handset. Um, and I, again, I sort of did that back when every year was this big incremental bump, and it was really exciting to get a new one. I think this is the perhaps the most underwhelming one I've had for a while. Um, I have noticed the battery; like the battery definitely lasts lot noticeably longer. That's great. That's good. That's good. Um, the face ID unlock is works from more angles and is quicker, and I've definitely noticed that. Um, especially because I tend to use my phone walking around a lot in the day, holding it up in the right place to do the face unlock could be uh, inconvenient, and that works a lot better. Camera's great. You know, took the camera to a kids' party at the weekend, and it was nice to have the wide angle option. Like, took a, a picture of the whole room of kids eating their food and everything, That's and it cool. was a That's you know cool. it was a photo I never would have got with a, with with another iPhone. But you know, should you immediately rush out to the store and spend thousand pounds or so, you know, on a on a handset? Because obviously, I've got the the I've got the Pro Max. I like the larger screen and a, with a good size memory. Or, what did you get? Do you get two five six or five? I did. No, I got I got the two I got the two five six, which is um which is enough um for me. But you know, it's a significant investment. It's it's coming out about just without airtime. It's about seventy pounds a month, including the Apple Care and everything yeah. on the upgrade program. So it's you know it's, it's substantial. Um, but yeah, it, it's I think I think Rave's it, it's underwhelming, and in some respects, actually, the the worry I've got is that because I, iOS thirteen feels 
in my in my view the least well cooked um I, I, big ios update for many many years for for a variety of reasons um it was both you know sort of the least uh, exciting hardware and then and i then an, an up, um a new a new ios platform that's only just there and it's it's probably fine for the consumer but it's the first time i've ever had trouble restoring my backups or you know doing that first log on process and fine you know second and third time around it works grand but it's not you know, last year I put my handset down next to my iPad. It do, it did the kind of the wireless transfer. It said, "Oh, you know, this is your iCloud account." I said, "Yes," and bingo, it was all set up. You know, and that didn't work seamlessly this year. Um, I did just want to take a moment to talk about eSIMs because yes, that's that's yes. where How did we you get on with that. Well, that's where we can add some value. And this is worrying me. Yeah. So, so uh, if for those for those uninitiated, and, and why would you be uh, the in in the non Chinese markets, uh, the iPhone Pros or the Xs in the past take a, an, a virtual eSIM and a physical SIM now, and I moved my main number onto an eSIM so that I could have a secondary SIM which I use for extra data and different network and all that kind of good stuff. Um, great, fantastic, works really well. This year was the first year that I was doing an upgrade where I needed to move my eSIM. Um, it's interesting, to say the least. There's very little uh, help and guidance around. And when you speak to... So I'm on EE in the UK, but obviously there are lots of different operators offering eSIMs. I was got lots of different sort of slightly contradictory stories. In the end, um, I was advised that the moment I... I would need to go into a store and get a new QR code because the QR code's what you take a picture with the camera of right, to import yeah. the eSIM. So I was told, you'll need a new one of those. Great. So I went into the store about a week ahead of time and he said, no, 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 you can't get it now because as soon as I issue you this new bit of paper, the old SIM will get cut off. Oh. I was like, okay, right. So on the morning I was due to pick up my, my, my phone, I went back into the same store. Oh, sorry, I can't give you one now. We've run out. There's been, there's been a run on eSIMs. You know, surprise, surprise. So right. I, I had to walk around and then I had to queue up. There was literally five people in the store ahead of me waiting to get new eSIMs. No one was there in the e-store buying anything. We were all just there to update our SIMs. Um, and so he had a little wallet of, of QR codes, did it really quickly. He was absolutely right. Handset got cut off the moment he scanned at the till, the new eSIM, it got cut off. Um, gave me the QR code. I, you know, swan down the road with it, got my new iPhone from the Apple Store and scanned it in. Really nice. Just opened the camera app, scanned the QR code. It said, new network settings. Yes, Bosch, working straight away. That's so nice. that all worked really nicely. Um, but it's definitely... It's definitely a weak point, and I kind of I, yeah. I played a bit. I played a bit dumb and gave the guy in the shop a bit of a hard time. Like, why can't you email it to me, or why can't you know, why can't you make it easier to get? And he said, "Well, we can, but like we've had loads of problems with SIM swap fraud, and we've got to yeah. be super careful that this isn't a piece of paper. This is your SIM, and I've got to be as careful giving this out as I would be giving a new SIM card." And okay. like he yeah. did a good job of kind of explaining it just well enough, and and you know, kind of made me understand why, although. You know, they, obviously they didn't have good stock in the stores, so that worked well. The but the end, the confusing end of this story, and Rafe, I'd be curious to for your view on this is um, restored my iPhone, did the new SIM, lovely. Went in to look at my list of SIMs, and lo and behold, from my backup, there was my old SIM as well, marked as inactive, my old eSIM. So the guy in the Apple store who served me, so the Apple employees all get their iPhones the night before, told me that he'd managed to. Re- back his eSIM up with his backup and restore it to his new phone and he hadn't that needed cool. a new SIM. Now, that would be amazing if it's true, but, of course, I didn't manage to do that. I just saw some things that 
suggested it might be possible. So do you like I know there are eSIMs on other devices. Can you can you back them up and transfer them or are they some way tied tied to the hardware? From my understanding is they they can be transferred because it's sort of a, an identity, but I suspect some networks are more averse to you doing that precisely for kind of fraud reasons. I mean, it, it does kind of make me smile that the whole point about an eSIM was to try and do away with you know, bits of plastic and having to go to retail stores. Um, So as my understanding of the technology is, yes, you should be able to do that because the whole point is programmable SIM. You should be able to do anything or you should be able to reissue it to a new device because my understanding was they were tied to specific devices, um, but there is no reason in a kind of network configuration why why you couldn't make that work. Um, I suspect that's something that's not advertised yet in the kind of restore and backup by our iCloud is technically possible but may not be fully implemented yet so that may be something that apple will make a a bigger deal about in the future i mean i'm basing that on what i know about eSIMs rather than detailed knowledge of how it works in the apple world it's interesting because in the in the apple um in the apple menu system it sort of combines two things which is here are your various phone lines and you give them a name and those lines are then you know different contacts have them as the preferred calling identity for that for that for that person and so you need sort of those you need that configuration to be retained in the contacts address book but then also those sims are physical sims as well or or, you know an e-sim as well Mm -hmm. and so it's it's difficult to tell perhaps what was being presented to me there was that just oh you used to have a line called ben's primary phone line and you don't anymore so here's 500 contacts that are going to need to be updated so um yeah it it was interesting but certainly the advice from my operator was you will need a new e-sim um but there's a suggestion that you know maybe 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 you won't you know uh, so yeah, it'd be re- be really interesting. But uh, I-, I hunted around, and loads of people had the same question. And right now, it's a it- it's almost like double jeopardy because you get your pick up. You first of all, you have to be there on time to book your handset. Then you have to find. Then you have to book an appointment on launch day to go and get your phone because certainly with the upgrade program, you have to pick it up in person because in the UK, all the finance needs to be sorted out face-to-face. And now I need to find an EE store with enough eSIM stock, you know, within walking distance of an Apple store. So so, so many more points of failure. I mean, mean, if it stops working, you can't do a Google map search for your nearest EE store unless you go and find a Wi-Fi or something like that. Well, certainly, I mean, like, I know um, there's a true, the, the TruePhone app, for example, will provision you a new eSIM from their app. And I did sort of hope against hope wow. think, all I need to do is to get my iPhone, you know, on Wi-Fi and I'll use my EE app to provision me a new eSIM. But mm. nope, we're not there oh, yet. Yeah. Um, and if, 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 the, if the rigor in the store had been more, I would have said, oh, yeah, it's all security. And I mean, the guy did take a copy of my ID, took my driver's license, checked my identity, um, and you know, got my account password. But then I have a login and a password for my EE account, and it lets me do all kinds of stuff. So I wonder if that would have been enough. So yeah, yeah. Um, so iPhone 11 underwhelming eSIMs are new work to potential do. pain point. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Okay, uh, let's move on. Uh, final topic for the day. You and McLeod, why don't you ask us what's going on here? Well, this is a uh, it's it's a thing that I I whenever I'm seeing Ben and Ray physically, they usually have different things with them, and by things I no, that's just Rafe. That's just Rafe. He's always the same. <laughs> bags is what I'm referring to. Bags, satchels, carry things, and I I I I really benefit 
from uh, the interaction with both of you, uh, because you seem to do, and both of you seem to do an inordinate, an inordinate amount of research on bags, and like I, I just have a I th- bag. I th- I'm, I'm just going to modify um, that slightly yeah. and say I do quite a lot of research. Ben has a bag problem. Right there we well, go. Oh, there we go. Also, also let, let me let me apply my own modifier, which is when you and McLeod tells you you do an inordinate amount of something. What he means is some. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's called Google. Yeah, because because right. you and McLeod's standard amount of research is to stand in the shop this and one. yell at the assistant, "Is this the one I want?" And they go, "Yes, it is." Okay, fine. I'm buying it then. Have my money. Right. So okay. But it's interesting to see what you are carrying. Now, in, in previous features, we have asked you, uh, both, both of you, what what you know, what do you carry? What, how do you carry? What, have you, what stuff have you got? Uh, devices, dongles, things. It's just really interesting. But today, I'd like to know, what bags do you use to carry your stuff in? Now, that seems like a very simple question, but I think there is more to it because... When I was talking requires to Ben, thought. Yes. I was talking to Ben. So, what? What bang? What's this one? Well, and then there was a two or three minute. Yeah, you know, that was a pricey. This two or three minutes off. Yeah, you know, off the 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 one hour diatribe he was about to tell me on how he found this particular bag and why this particular bag is amazing because it does X Y Z. So, enlighten us, please. R- Rafe Bradford, why don't you go first? I've been bigged up here too much. Come well, on, I've actually been using the same bag now for about. A year, Six minutes? And a, a okay. year and a half, and actually, it's the Peak Design uh, backpack. And Peak Design kind of are well known for having done various kind of Kickstarter. And well, the audience want to see this. Where is it? Come on, uh, lift it up. You're, you are aware that this is an audio <laughs> podcast. <laughs> come on, there's a little bit of humour. Little bit of humour. Come uh-huh. on. All right. Okay. And it sort of they've gone to great pains to sort of and actually it's designed really for carrying camera equipment and that's where their home base is but actually it just makes for a very good everyday backpack that you can get quite a bit in it's got intelligent dividers built into it which um kind of a bit like origami shape you can change what you're carrying and so i also find it great as a kind of uh short trip uh backpack as well for carrying right all your trips are short trips well Thank you for that, Ben. I probably walked straight into that one. Um, <laughs> but they've also got, it's comfortable to carry. They've got a good latch system that's sort of magnetic based and you can just open up. Then they've got side doors on it with the way I'd describe it. So it's very easy to get things in and out of it. It's just the design has re- been really carefully thought about and it was probably the most I ever paid for a bag. And I don't really want to think about it. Come on, how much was it? Was it more or less than an iPhone? It was significantly SS, less than whatever. an iPhone. I think it was about £300. Okay. Um, but the point being that someone had gone to a lot of trouble to think about the design, how it worked. There were lots of attachment points as accessories for cameras. And I haven't sort of gone completely down that route, but I have just found it's been very easy because before I was generally reliant on um, some bags that I'd been given at conferences, some of which were kind of nice brands, you know, Toomey and, and the like. Yeah. Um, but actually what impressed me about Peak Design was it was sort of simplicity and elegance. But the reason that I've been really impressed recently is it broke and I was like, this is not good. I've, I paid a lot of money for this. And I looked up on the website. And it's like lifetime warranty. I thought, okay, let's let's see what happens. So I filled it in the kind of warranty form, and within twelve hours, they'd replied saying, "Yes, we can see that's a, a problem, sir. We're going to send you a new one." And that was it. Like thirty-six wow. hours later, the new bag turned up, and that's the sort of thing that makes me a loyal customer because that kind of customer experience and it just just working 
was uh, I was really impressed by that. Um, and I know Ben basically saw my peak design bag and thought that's very nice. I'll add that to my collection. And I think it's like his Monday bag or something. <laughs> I mean, it, I am using I am using the same one as you every day uh, at the moment. Right, what, so, what is this? Just a window, so, right? So you need to go to what's, you need to go model? to peak. You need to go to yeah. peakdesign.com. That's the website. Yeah. And right. um, this is called the Everyday Backpack. It's in yes. two models. Uh, Rafe and I have got the 20 litre. There's what a 30 litre as well. You okay, want, right. for, a 20, for a 13 inch laptop and an iPad and assorted stuff, you probably want the 20 litre. For the weekend, uh, as stay away, or for the 15 inch laptop, you probably want the 30 litre. I think the, at the moment, so they are, it's good actually. I like them because they ship domestically from the UK and they've got sort of shipping oh, points around the, cool. around the world, which is great because a lot of these, these smaller firms don't. I think it's coming in about 213 before shipping in the UK actually, although prices have come down a little bit recently. My top tip if you're a Flickr Pro um, member, and I sort of am by default because I just didn't want to tidy my photos up when they went when they started to charge for the old archive you get quite a hefty discount um code through that so if you're a Flickr pro member um use your discount code there um i i i love it for the same reasons rafe does it's got a kind of a like a waxed finish and actually so one of the things i really irritates me about um bags and and carry is um it, the stuff that looks tatty after a while like you you buy this expensive bag and then uh, six months later you look at it and you think oh it looks all dirty and one like i can clean it sure but i i don't want something that just doesn't age well and the wa- the slightly waxed finished here doesn't collect dirt and doesn't collect grub right. and so right. actually it stays looking comparatively tidy for much longer i also like rafe love the the internal divider system because I don't have any big books, so I have it set up so that it's got sort of a couple of small pockets, and I I then stuff all my cables into like a kind of a um, like a wash bag style arrangement, and then stuff that in, and I've got two of those slots, and it's just really nice because you slide it in, it's got a perfectly you know designed space, and it all fits in really 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 tidily. So I think that works really well. Really like that. Um, before that, if you're travelling in the city, I used to have a, a what's called a riot bag, which is R I U T, spelled slightly oddly. Um, R I U T. They got the domain then. They got the domain. Yeah, it's a. I think it's a. I think it's a lady called Sarah Ghibli. I think is is her name. She she basically she's she used to she sort of jacked in her job and decided to go and design this product. And the whole uh, thing about this one is it's a slightly less expensively built than the than the peak design but i really like it because it's got one of those designs where the the zip is against your back so you can wear it on the tube or you can wear it when you're going around a city anti-theft it says exactly yeah you don't have to be uh, worried about people dipping into your bag because the only zips are all pressed against you uh, it's got a slightly cheaper finish and it, it costs a bit less i think you can generally pick her bags up for sort of between 75 and 120 pounds um but they're 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 nice and i, I sort of back in back at that point i kind of got one because i wanted to support her i thought she was you know very impressive what she was doing because she goes and manufactures them in china herself and she literally posts pictures of her qaing the bags so i've got i got one of those and actually well let's let's hear a bit from you because i've got some to me gear as well but i want to hear do you think your do you think your to me bags are good value for money because they cost tons more than anything else i've bought i managed to get this one in copenhagen airport um and i just said look there's a scratch on it and they went oh and then I was able to do a good old, you know, negotiation around it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> it's got. A, oh, look! It has a scratch, a scratch on it. it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I'm quite impressed with my my Toomey bag. I quite like it. It's got. 
I like, it's, it's just the pockets. I like, I like that there's a variety of pockets. There's a place that's got a passport holder. Uh, that's of course where the passport goes. It's got little cable bits and a, a pen holder and a. So just um, for the for the, you know, the like bags do. You've got a you've got a, a, a like a briefcase, haven't you? You've got a Toomey style briefcase. Uh, yeah, I, I forget what they called it now. I, I, see, I just I'm I'm not as good as um, uh, as you guys are. I'm looking to see if there's a if there's a brand name on it. You know, it doesn't say it. Yeah, no, I, I, I can't. I can't say so I can't remember the Toomey range. that blows blows my mind a bit because they have all these it's different ones. It's a zippy ones. one. Yeah, oh, yeah. A zip, lovely. I, I've got a I've got a thirteen inch size Toomey briefcase as well, and I do I do like it. Um, and it, it, if you're just bringing a laptop around, it, it's fantastic. But a I find I literally you get on the train, and every other boring man in a suit has a Toomey briefcase, this and is that true. that begins to true. irritate me a bit. Uh, yeah. And also, I find that with that stuff, Toomey has sort of, it's beautifully designed if you use it for what you want, but one day I'll just be carrying my laptop and the next day I'll be going off to a client site with loads of yeah. papers or presentations. And so I, I love the design that Rafe and I have in these peak design bags because it's reconfigurable and that, like, you put your things in the place where they're intended to go and that's well, it. That's true. Yeah. Or the, yeah. the, I do. I do actually have a, a large Tumi rucksack, a big thirty liter one, which is sort of my uh, overnight bag, yeah, weekend away nice. thing. And they're great. I, yeah. They're yeah. they're nicely structured because they sit on the floor and they don't fall over, and so they're great yeah. for. It is great for traveling with. There's lots of nice finishing t- finishing touches there, but it's it's incredibly expensive for for what it is. You know, these mm. are, these are hundreds of pounds for a for a backpack that has a nice laptop compartment and then just a big cavity. You know, like the, the, if you want to stuff loads of shoes and clothes and things, and it's great. But I kind of look at it and slightly resent. Well, why? Why should this cost this much? You know, for that. Is there a bag dude or bag yes. website? How do you know about all these things? <laughs> well, so uh, if you are listening to this and thinking, yes, I need to get rid of that ten pound free, you know, um, bag that I got, or that Samsonite thing I bought in the airport. Yeah, yeah the, the free bag. Um, Chase Reeves is your man uh, on uh, Twitter and um, on Instagram. He he is a hilarious hippie uh, who makes twenty minute videos about bags and also sort of uh, a whole bunch of sort of you know cod philosophy wow. and things in there. He is brilliant, but he I, really really knows his stuff. He really knows his stuff. I absolutely think he's... And the thing is, I could listen to him talk about paint drying, to be honest, because he's a really entertaining guy as well. So if you're interested, his website's brilliant because he's got the best bag for this and the best bag for that. And I love the fact he only talks about products he likes. So essentially, if it bags on his website, it's good, and then he'll try and you know try and describe what it's what it's particularly good for. So that's really great. And of course, if you're just looking for general advice on this stuff, the Carryology website is really good as well. Yeah. So I've got a, I've got a I've got a wandered bag. Oh Carryology is a, is like a bag review website. But I'd say to everybody, check out the Peak Design ones because they are brilliant. And um, also have a think about don't just buy the bags. Also buy the packing things that come with it because a good set of cubes or, or mini pouches or whatever inside your bags makes it so much more mm. flexible because if you don't want to cape loads of cables or your ipad or whatever turf it out and then you've got a big space and they do have various other styles like their messenger bag and i think the range is is pretty strong but also we'd like to hear from you so 361podcast.com yeah, at 361podcast on twitter let us know your bag experience it seems to be something that always evokes kind of quite a response from people because everyone's got mm. their favorite and different ways of doing things and we'll come back to this in a future episode and talk about ben's latest purchases um of course there's, you can never have too many bags right ben 
you cannot have too many. You, well, you, technically, I suppose you can because I'm, I'm sitting in a room surrounded by them and I don't use them enough. But okay, right. Uh, Rafe Blanford uh, for once is telling me to shut up. So there's a there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a revelation. Uh, as ever, thank you very much for listening. If you did, um, the uh, we're back with this slightly different uh, f- different length podcast. Uh, at the moment, uh, we're still uh, very grateful for t- our Patreon subscribers. I'm not actually going to do any of the uh, Patreon charges for the first couple of episodes of this season just while we get back to it because we were off ages so if you're a Patreon supporter and you're happy to keep supporting us that's great you don't need to do anything if you're a Patreon supporter and you think I don't want to pay money for this anymore now's a great time just to uh, uh, to un- unsubs- unsubscribe the, exactly take off the uh, the, the support um, and if you haven't supported us in the past you'd like to feel free to um, we will be back in a couple of weeks in the meantime we do need your feedback on topics to talk about and things you'd like to follow up we are at 361podcast.com and at 361podcast on Twitter uh, Rafe Blanford you and McLeod goodbye thanks, thanks for listening everyone and we'll be back in a fortnight bye bye <laughs>